Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. We may not want to talk about it, but we must. Life is full of loss. No one knows this more than God the Father who lost His Son on the cross. So what do we do? The Bible teaches us to run to the Lord who knows loss yet brings life to our souls. The same is true when it comes to uncertainty. Uncertainty produces a range of emotions in our hearts and minds. King David was no stranger to any of this, yet in Psalm 23, he says, I will fear no evil. You may wonder, how can I get there? The answer is living in the presence of God. Here's Pastor Jim in part two of his message, the shepherd who is always with his people. Sometimes the path of righteousness leads me through a dark valley. You're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yes, that God could actually take his own children and lead them in the path that is a dark valley. You say, could you give me an example of that? Well, look no further than the cross. That's exactly what we see. We see God taking his own beloved son and leading him in the path of righteousness to the death, even the death on a cross. Now, this is one thing we do a lot as followers of Jesus, and I understand why. If you're not a follower of Jesus, thanks for coming. And people don't even get this. I mean, a lot of people who are followers of Jesus don't get this. And so we can't explain suffering. We try to, but we can't. Maybe we should try to explain good, and then maybe suffering will make a little bit more sense, but that's another subject for another day. And all, a lot of times, followers of Jesus uh, make excuses for suffering. We're like, well, you know, free will or stuff like that, and people are like, yeah, I ain't buying it. Why, why did God create us in such a world like this? Other people always try to connect suffering to sin. Oh, there must be some secret sin in your life. I'm always like, what secret sin? The whole world knows. I'm a big sinner. Everybody knows. It's not, it's not a big secret. Or other people will connect suffering to a lack of faith. None of that here. David doesn't say that here. David is very clear that for those who trust and follow the good shepherd, sometimes the Lord's righteous path is gonna lead you to a place that is heartbreaking, that is scary, that is sorrowful, that is very, very painful. That's how David can say, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he knows the Lord brought him there. The Lord led him there. Not that the Lord is trying to get him, but that was part of God's plan for his life. And not only did the Lord lead him there, it's not like he just dropped him off and that said, up, up, you're in the valley now. See you later, buddy. Didn't do that to him. He's actually still with him. He says, I know you are still with me. To you, that might seem, what I just said might seem impossible to believe. That, that the dark path that you might be on right now could actually be as much God's will for your life as the green pastures and the still waters. The reality is we love the mountaintop. 
We love the mountaintop experience. We love the easy life. We love the country club life where life is just simple and you know, you go everywhere you go, you come home from work, dads, and your family's like, you're home, you're home. Oh, it's wonderful. That lasted till my kids were about five and they're like, oh, it's you, dad, how you doing, right? And, and you want that life and sit down, honey, and just here's everything for you. And then you wonder, where did that life go? We love the mountaintop. We love the country club life. But the valley is where character is formed. That other life, we're just kind of spoiled. But character is formed in the valley. Not because we pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, but once again, because the Lord's presence in our lives is more easily experienced in the valley. It's more real in the valley because of our desperation. Now, where David is, dangerous? Yes. Fearful? Yes. But not nearly as dangerous, and he knows this as one of the Lord's sheep. He's putting himself, he's not the shepherd anymore. He's putting himself in the place of the sheep here in the Psalm, but it's dangerous, it's fearful, but not nearly as dangerous and fearful as leaving the shepherd. He knows that's really where you're going to get yourself into trouble. And so here David tells us that the experience of the reality of the Lord's presence is what helped him in the midst of fear overcome his fear. Let me say that again. He's learning, he's teaching us that the experience of the reality of the Lord's presence helped him in the midst of fear overcome his fear. And he has come to the reality of the truth that all of us need to come to. Stop buying the gobbledygook preachers on TV that'll tell you if you just have enough faith, everything's gonna go fine. It's not true. It's not true in their life, and it's not gonna be true in any of our lives. The truth of the matter is this. Sometimes the Lord protects us from suffering, and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he protects us from suffering and sometimes he doesn't. Yet always, whether he does or he doesn't, he's teaching us that he is with us. He is teaching us to trust him. Now listen, how many of you like to avoid suffering? <laughs> we, we all like to avoid suffering. But there's something else I think that we do that, that's really not so good. We, we also like to avoid thinking about suffering. We also like to avoid talking about suffering. And, and I'm not so sure that's a good thing. Why? Because it's super important for us to see, and he says it here, that followers of Jesus walk through the valley. Again, he's saying, I'm not dumping you in the valley, and there you are. No, we walk through the valley. It is a temporary place we walk through with the Lord. So where you are today, remember, this is a temporary place. If, you're, if it's good, enjoy it. It's temporary. If you're having a tough time right now, try to figure out what God is teaching you. Try to continue to renew your trust in him and understand that it is temporary. As far as death goes, 
a follower of Jesus walks with the Lord and it says as if he is holding the Lord's hand through the darkness, temporary, through the darkness and into the light. So what is the end of the path for a follower of Jesus when they die? We know that the end of the path is glory. Why do we know that? Oh, loved ones, never forget this. Never, ever, ever, ever forget this. The death is the way the Lord brings his children home. It might seem like the scariest thing in the world, but that's the way he brings us home. You know, as a pastor over the years, I've actually spent uh, times with really, really dedicated followers of Jesus who are dying. And I'm going to be honest with you, I am often unnerved by the level of peace so many of them seem to experience. Are they sad? Oh, yes. Did they want to have more, see, you know, see their kid get married or their, their first grandchild or a couple other grandchildren or, or other things? Oh, there's a sadness there, yes. But there's a presence that they have. You know, you, I sit there and I go, like, what am I doing here? Like, God, did you bring me here to teach me? I came here to bring them comfort, and they're just blowing me away. With, with the, your presence is so obviously seen in their lives. It says in the scriptures that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And you really get to see that actually happening when you're with someone who is dying. We speak of people being afraid of their own shadow, but it is awe-inspiring when you see someone staring down death and you see them approaching it with class and with dignity and confidence in their God. It is an incredible faith-building exercise. I get in my car when I'm doing that. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And if you want to know the big thing they all say, they all say, would you please tell my children at my funeral, would you please tell my family where I am and how to get there? They almost always say that. That's what they want done at their funeral. Now, in addition to death, it seems to me this wording, when he, when he just talks about the darkness here, it seems to me that this wording can also represent the uncertainties of life. And, and right now, you're, if you're listening live, we're in this coronavirus pandemic. If you're listening to this recording years down the road, there's some other trouble that, that, that is upon us. And right now, this pandemic has brought us up close and personal to the valley of the shadow of death and in a period of extreme uncertainty. And it may be different where you live than where we live, but in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area, it has been devastating. There has been such great loss experienced by most of us. The, the loss of life is real. And, and the inability for people to grieve has been so sad. You know, the stories of like, well, we got to talk to them on the phone or, you know, maybe we just saw them being wheeled into the ambulance and we were a distance away. And that was the last we got. 
Remember I said that I was with my dad and I sang this psalm to him when he died in my arms. And, and that was the, one of the greatest moments of my life. It's one of the saddest, but one of the greatest. But for so many people, they don't have that. Even for people who passed away with other sicknesses or old age, they were not allowed to be with them in the hospital. And for so many people, there's no closure. It's just like they're just gone. They're gone. And, and compounded by the sadness of what's going on in society. And it's just, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. It, it seemed for me for a while that for like every day or every other day, somebody I knew was losing a loved one. It was just constant. I felt like for a couple weeks there, all I was doing was writing condolences cards. It was so very, very sad. Now, in no way do I want to minimize the toll that takes on people. I'm going to tell you, it was taking a toll on me. It was taking a real toll on me. But there's a lot of other losses too. And I think that we need to really bring them out into the open. And let's stop with the hyper-spiritual stuff, pretending like it doesn't matter, because it does matter. There's a lot of other real losses to people. In addition to people not being able to have funerals, some of you guys, you graduated this year. You were looking forward to that. You graduated from middle school or from high school or from college, and you were looking forward to the celebration with your friends and congratulating everyone. You'd been at graduations before, but now you imagined your own and you didn't even get to have one. This may seem silly to older people, but there's people, kids, who are looking forward to going to a prom. They were looking forward to the school play. They were looking forward to the, to the spring sports season. So many people had to cancel their weddings. They had all these plans for weddings. They had to cancel act various activities. People were planning to have parties and celebrations. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll do this at the end of the, when the weather gets warmer. Maybe you had great travel plans. You're just like, I just need a break, and now you just can't catch a break. Or your vacation plans have been canceled. You know, a lot of times I, I say to people, like, come close. Let me give you a big hug. Well, let me give you one now. And people write you these emails like, hey, thanks for the hug, Pastor Jim. And we hang out in our church and we have coffee and we get to hang out with each other. We lay hands on people and pray for people. And, and people just, it's just, it's just wonderful. The death of, of so many things that you were looking forward to. And now it just seems like it's gone. For others, it was the joy of having a baby. You wanted that little baby so much. And then you have it in the middle of COVID-19. And nobody's even allowed to come visit you in the hospital. And you're not even, you're a dad. You're, you, you went to birthing classes and everything you learned in birthing classes, you can't do any of it. And so many other joys that we are used to enjoying have been dampened by this pandemic. And a huge one is huge, huge. So many of you have lost your job or you still have a job, but the business is just tanking and you know it's tanking. 
You see the orders coming in. You, you know that things are not well. And you're wondering, what does the future hold? And that leads you to a period of great uncertainty about the future and about our economy and about our worldwide economy. It's, it's just like a different type of death, so many of these things. What will church be like? What will school be like? What will family be like? What will friendships be like in a world where so many people now feel so unsafe? Now, true, I know this has been the way of life for many people all the time. A lot of people live under this type of difficulty their whole lives. Other parts of the world where people are not free like we are, and they've had these difficult, difficult experiences, and they live in constant fear. But now, that type of uncertainty is being experienced worldwide. I have spoken to many people, and for they, what they told me, for years gone by, I've known a lot of the people at this church for a long time, and some of my dearest friends, and this is what they would tell me. I hate the rat race. I hate my routine, and now they're dying for their routine to come back. Now they want it to come back. Now we're talking about a new normal and people going, I don't want a new normal. Give me the old dysfunction back. It was messed up, but, but it's better than this. Have you seen the TV commercial for Audible where you know, that's where you, you listen to a book instead of reading it, and, and they show this woman and she, she kisses her husband goodbye, and she's like, I gotta go. And she gets uh, on, the, on the bus and on the train, and she's going everywhere, and she's commuting. And then all of a sudden, she comes home, and you think it's the end of her workday, and her husband says, why do you do that? You work from home. Because she just wanted to get out of the house. She just wanted to, to, to grow and to, and to learn. And so it's, you know, it's a funny little thing, uh, funny little commercial. But it's interesting. I've talked to some of you who are now working from home, and you're like, I don't miss the commute, but somehow I'm more exhausted now than I was with the compute, with the commute. But that's natural because that's what anxiety and uncertainty does to us. It absolutely wipes us out. So again, it's clear in the Christian life that, that God does not present, he does not prevent every difficult experience. But, but, Jesus is with us in every difficult experience. He doesn't prevent them all, but he promises to be with us in them all. And when you know that, and when you pray about your issues, and you know he is with you. That is the city of refuge. That is the place of safety. That is the place where fear begins to dissipate because you know that you are not alone. That's how David can say, I will fear no evil. Notice he doesn't say there will be no evil. That's the wishes of people who know nothing about life and know nothing about God. And to be honest with you, David also knows this, there's far more evil in our heads than that is real. Now that may be hard to hear, 
but constantly thinking the worst will affect every area of your life. And that's why you have to go to the city of refuge. That's why you have to go to the place of safety. Because if you let your mind run with all of the thoughts, you're going to be in a very, very bad place. And so here David is teaching us that the Lord is safe in the real dangers in the valley. And if you're there, David wants you to know. And when the Bible speaks, God speaks. God wants you to know that he is with you there and he can be trusted there. As we said last week, David was a man who constantly went through the valley. He experienced multiple occasions of great heartache. But did you notice something about this? All the different heartaches that David went through, and a lot of times in the Psalms, he doesn't really tell us what's going on. You know why, to me? It doesn't seem like he compares one situation to another. Each time of trial, each time of difficulty, each time of danger, each time of heartache was unique to him and was real to him. You see, what happens is often we stuff our valleys. We often stuff them down. We stuff our grief. We stuff our disappointment. But what do we do? We do it by comparing it and comparing ourselves to others. That is not good. When you compare yourself to others, it's not going to usually end up good for you. Because this is what happens. You're in a difficulty. It's real. Um, it's not in your head. It's real. And, and you start to think, or your well-meaning friend comes to you and says this to you, well, others have it worse than you. Or you start to say, well, others have it worse than me. Now, should we look for things to be thankful for? Absolutely yes. But should we minimize our losses? No. We should not do that because minimizing our losses is spiritually, mentally, and physically unhealthy. And it's easy to wander when you do that because you look for other outlets. When you have real pain, when you have real sorrow in your life, when I do too, we are going to look for outlets. And sometimes we look for very, very unhealthy outlets because we sort of don't want to talk about it. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to bring it to God and just lay it out and say, this is where I'm at. And I hope you're learning that from our Sunday series in Habakkuk, that God is totally fine with you laying it out down and dirty. This is how I feel. This is what's going on in my heart, God. And so when we stuff it, we also forget this. We, we forget, and this is so easy for us to forget, when we're not dealing with the reality of the valley of the shadow of death or the difficult things in our lives, it's easy to forget that you are needed for the Lord's new opportunities in the valley. Friend, do you know right now that there is someone or a group of people 
that are waiting for you in this valley. They are waiting for you to to pick up the phone, to send them a text, to send them an email, to drop them a card. They're waiting for you to be used by God to let them know that God actually cares. I can't believe how many emails or texts I send to people. This is a funny thing. I'm not laughing at you. If it's you, I'm not. This has happened, I can't tell you how many times. And they said, you know, it's funny you're contacting me now. I was just freaking out. I was just falling to pieces. And then they'll send me, you know, contact me a few days later and say, I'm doing better now. Sorry, you caught me at a bad moment. And I'm just laughing because I'm going, yep, Lord, that's why you laid them on my heart. There's somebody waiting for you. I don't know who they are. You know who they are. Reach out to them. Get out of, of, of your own denial. It's okay to tell them what's going on in your life. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.